Hello, my dears. Welcome to this episode of Moms Who Poll. My name is Andrea, and I am your most average mom who polls. This is the show where we talk about finding the balance between fitness, health, motherhood, and of course, our passion for the aerial arts, such as pole and pole dancing. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the importance of obliques, what they are, and why they are important for functional movement in pole. To talk with me about this important group of muscles is my friend Kat. She is the owner and founder of Polates. Polates was founded to address the gap between pole dancing and functional exercise. The class incorporates a number of disciplines, including Pilates, bar, and yoga to improve your strength, movement, and focus, taking your pole performance to a whole new level. So let's talk. A lot of what we do in pole requires an immense amount of core strength. And so in order to achieve that, oftentimes we see in our pole practice, we do a lot of sit-ups, pencils, or even push-ups. But if we're still struggling to control our inverts or control our descents out of inverted positions on the pole, you know, we may need to start looking at how we connect our muscles uh, to each other. So like connecting the shoulder girdle down to our hips through what our core. So at a certain point, we have to turn our attention to our obliques. So in uh, my research, uh, I found we have two sets of obliques. We have our internal obliques and our external obliques. So our internal obliques help us to side bend and to rotate the torso they're also responsible for pulling the ribs in. So if you've ever heard, especially if you're doing a turn in one of your dance classes, knit your ribs, that's going to be a muscle that's going to help you to prevent that flaring out of the ribs and really help to keep everything tight and centered through your movement. Now, your external obliques help you to rotate your torso, pull your trunk into flexion, as well as pull your ribs toward your pelvis. And this is really important, especially in those inverted positions where you need to maintain that posterior pelvic tilt or that tuck, and you're having a lot of trouble and you look in the, you know, maybe in your video and you see that your upper back is rounded, or perhaps you're feeling some pain in your upper back when you're, um, when you're inverting, which by the way, pain is never something that you want to feel. So if you are feeling that, you should definitely seek the advice of a professional I'm just discussing some of my research that I've done for an issue that definitely seems to be on my mind a lot lately. But here to talk with me a little more about the obliques and the importance of obliques is Kat, the owner and founder of Pilates. Kat, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I wanted to come to you as a, um, you're a pole dancer you are a Pilates instructor, and you're also the owner and creator of Pilates, which is a conditioning uh, curriculum for pole dancers, right? Yeah. yeah. Great. Sort of Pilates method. So not just a normal conditioning, more sort of gentle and uh, Pilates-based conditioning, but with a pole to make it more functional for pole dancers. Right. And one of the things that, you know, I've been ruminating on quite a bit lately, and you've talked about this before in terms of making things more functional for pole dancers is the obliques and the role that they play 
in our poll practice. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the obliques and why they are important? Uh, yes. So, so my main thing about pole dancing and the obliques, all right, is when we're in, so obviously you, like anyone who works in movement, you, you there's movement in like three dimensions. So you've obviously got your forward and backwards, your side to side and your rotational, right? In pole, we hit all those directions quite quickly. Um, and we obviously do a lot in the lateral, probably more than we do forward and backwards. So that's why our obliques are so important because those muscles help us with that, right? So if nothing else, the movement we do in pole and our obliques are correspond to each other, right? So obviously if you're just doing, if you have a, if you're a runner, you still want to use your obliques, but say you were just running forward and backwards, then you like your, uh, like you're, it's important to be able to work in that plane. Like pole dancing is three dimensional, like or you, we're working in all sorts of planes all the time, hitting them all. So we need to make sure all of those supporting muscles of the obliques. And I don't even know, in, in a way, obliques aren't supporting, they're the main thing. Like you, your uh, RA muscles in say like a, uh, oh my goodness, iron X. Yeah, they're important, but your obliques are doing everything that, that really, if you've got rubbish obliques, you're not holding an iron X, however strong your, RA muscles are. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that as I started to progress and pull, um, I ran up against that pretty fast because I think we do a lot early on in when we go to like a pull one tricks class, we are conditioning our biceps. And then if you've got a savvy instructor, they're going to make sure that you're conditioning your lats, especially your lower lats. Um, and we yep. do a lot of core work through things like pencils, fan kicks or cartwheels straddling up and down. Um, but as you start to get into the more advanced tricks, you start working, like you said, through different planes. And then I've had to basically like relearn what the heck my obliques were <laughs> and how to find them. Yeah, I think like traditional, so like for, I find like a lot of gym goers that are used to doing like sit-ups, planks, that, like that they've got really strong muscles like their abdominals are fine but their obliques aren't as strong as they should could be for someone doing that amount of exercise it's more sort of the people that are um well, like, I don't know I actually find like people who've got pets they've got quite uh strong obliques because especially if they've got like dogs like because they're twisting and rotating and they're using all of that so I do think sometimes the gym like you're traditional i'm going to go to the gym it's not it's not bad but sometimes it can be a little bit off-putting for when you come from a gym background to a pole background and you've got all these dimensions and it's like oh hello muscles i don't know which ones i'm using uh sort of goes to the biceps and lats as well a lot of my gym goers will try and do a spin just say like a, a front hook and they'll try and pull up on their biceps it's like no, guys, you've got to just hang use those lats use those shoulder muscles uh sorry going off topic but it's kind of my, what, what my experience of seeing some different backgrounds where you have different mm, mm, challenges that's a really good point and i think that you know, maybe that's why, you know, when you see people that come from a bit of like a yoga background where you're working your body through multiple planes of motion or people with a dance background where, you know, they do use their obliques a lot for those amazing like jumps and splits that they do. 
you know, they just translate that to poll very easily versus someone, like you said, an average gym goer or someone off the street, they have a more difficult time creating that awareness of their obliques. And you would, like you said, pets, people with pets, they already have maybe some of that built-in muscle memory. So you would think it would translate. Golfers, I mean, not a lot of golfers go to pole, but you get all like tennis players that like they're kind of more familiar. Sometimes I think that the the regular gym goers are almost the worst because they have to retrain or they like to think they're strong and they obviously are strong. Whereas somebody who's never done any exercise before, actually they've got, they're more balanced because they don't have a stronger understanding. Like they, you know, they, they're generally more balanced because they've maybe got weaker bleaks, but they've also got weak glutes, weak this, or rather than, oh my God, you've got super strong abdominal muscles, but your spine are terrible or your obliques are terrible. They're just in generally a more balanced shape. I think it's it's probably not the best term to call someone strong then when we're talking across disciplines. Maybe a more appropriate term would be like suitability or fitness to a particular sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, strong's a funny one and it's like are you you're strong everywhere? Just yeah, you, some people have got really strong legs but can't lift themselves up with their arms. Other people have are the other way around like Every everybody is different, but you need to sort of have a whole body working together and in line with each of the other muscles. It's your ultimate, like your ultimate goal, really, isn't it? Yes, and that's one of the things that I know. It sounds very simple and easy. Like your head is connected to your hips through your spine, right? And when we're teaching body waves or when we're learning body waves, that's kind of like what the mantra is. Okay. Your head is connected to your hips through your spine. And it sounds so simple, but it's like mind blowing when you finally internalize that that process. And I I believe it's the same thing. Then when you're looking at utilizing strengths, utilizing muscles for pole tricks, your shoulders are connected to your hips through your core. Yeah. Yeah. And your obliques are a part of that system. And if they're not getting the attention that your shoulders and your glutes are getting, you know, or, you know, I we're real big right now on prehab for all of our rotator cuff muscles for our shoulders. And that's great. But at a certain point, if you are not maintaining tension in your body through your core in those moves, you're just going to blow out your shoulders eventually anyway. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It's got everything's not going to be imbalanced and effective. Exactly. So do you have any thoughts on what are some of the ways that we can implement uh, more oblique training into our pole practice? Any tips? Uh, Side planks. Uh, so if you don't have a pole at home side planks uh i just think and also not just doing a side plank two-dimensional but like threading through so a bit like going almost into a side plank to a kind of a downward dog like there's a pilates move which you do for that one and because that's going to hold your side plank but then you're moving as well which is obviously what we do with loads of exercise like loads of pole moves you you thread through right you twist your body and you rotate your just from like a hummingbird right which is actually quite hard uh <laughs> so when you've got your legs twisted but you are rotating your uh chest away from the pole and that's all like using your obliques to control that and being aware of them so you know which to move. So it's not just about strength as well it's kind of being aware of which bits you need to lengthen not necessarily crunch you've got to oh if you just let that muscle go a little bit that will get give you a 
a nicer shape. Uh, but yeah, in terms of training, anything. So yeah, side planks, whether it's on your hand or your elbow, and then just turning your chest, rotating your chest through that. Anything where you're, again, in line with the pole, like sideways onto the pole. And maybe, uh, I quite like to do your hook round and just think about lengthening your side away, lifting up, lengthening. And obviously for anyone who's listened to this via a podcast, my movements aren't visible and isn't going to make a lot of sense. But even you can do, even if you're doing like a sit-up, do your setups with rotations doesn't need to be two-dimensional add in that third dimension yeah and that's something that I find interesting when we when we look at pole as a practice like you are twisting around it and that is something that I think when people come from other disciplines or other sports that is something like crazy for them to you know get their mind around is that oh I'm not the axis of the spin anymore the pole is the axis of the spin and I move around it yeah that's sort of like yeah, we were like in the what I was saying earlier that you we're working in all those planes, and it's not necessarily like you're at, so when you're going in a circular motion, your obliques are under different forces because of the circum. Oh my goodness, totally. Oh, blank. <laughs> but the force, the this, circular force. Yes, centrifugal. Oh. Centrifugal. Oh, you know uh yeah 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 so you've obviously got that centrifugal the whole time when you're spinning around a pole and obviously depending on how fast you're going your body weight what moves you're doing how far away from the pole you are they're going to be varying factors so that's why your obliques are so important because you have to have them working to keep you in the position you want to be held in so you know even one of the more beginner spins like yeah pencil spin angel spin and the angel spin with prayer legs they the, the, the obliques need to be working to make sure you're not swinging side to side. And one of the things that you touched on earlier, you talked about planks and um, for people that are listening and couldn't see Kat's beautiful movement, uh, she had hooked her leg onto an imaginary pole and was leaning her body out to the side and away. And I believe that maintaining tension through the obliques and that lengthened ballerina ballerina when, when you are maintaining tension in the muscles through that lengthened position, is that, is that the eccentric contraction? Yes. I got it right. Versus <laughs> versus the crunching side to side, that's the concentric. Or, or if you're holding it in the length, it's the isometric one. Oh, yeah, isometric but but one. Wanna, again, you want to hit all of them, but we normally focus on the concentric one because uh, historically that's what we tend to do. But obviously in pole, we hold shapes, right? So we hold a shape as we're spinning around and that's all your isometric work. And then you lengthen away and you want to be doing that under control. So if, again, like uh, uh, Cupid, sailors, that sort of movement, as you take your body away, you're lengthening your obliques, but you're really working them. And the further you get away from the pole, the harder it is. So you have to kind of work harder as the muscles get longer, which is obviously the opposite to the crunching exercise we do. Absolutely. That is really great advice. So it's really important for polers, pole dancers to be working a variety of exercises into their practice in order to achieve that, that tension throughout the body through these moves. Yeah. And uh, another thing I like to, like I, I do with all my Pilates clients as well, is just being aware of your rotation and like, say, people will rotate but they won't keep their hips still which is fine like when you're you know, just warming up but you also I like to keep your hips still 
So you can sit down and do this and just rotate your chest and let your arms follow. And sometimes if there's like an imbalance, like again, different sports do different things. So like tennis players, golfers, they'll be able to rotate one way under such control and so much further and that'll feel completely natural. And then the other way they'll be like, yeah, I can't, can't go that way. It's not happening. <laughs> That, I think that's quite a nice little test for polars to sort of see what they need to work on is keeping the hips still and just rotating that chest around the torso or around the spine and then noticing if one way feels a lot easier. Keep, keep the core muscles engaged and you sometimes you'll find that you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can totally twist one way but not the other. Yes, I can totally attest to uh, not <laughs> being in balance, but I blame my children because I carried them on my right hip. And so I've yeah, got too. some pretty good concentric uh, motion uh, for my obliques on, on the right side. And the left side is like super flaccid. <laughs> See you later. Who are you? Any other, any other advice for uh, pullers that are looking to get a little bit stronger, looking to create that awareness of their obliques to really like capture that iron X that they might be going after? No, obviously the exercise I've just said, and you know, people don't have poles at home. So like I said, side planks would twist twists are great make sure you're doing both sides evenly I also think it's a good tip is to if you can do it in front of a mirror so you can actually see what your body's doing versus one side versus the other right so if you're doing a side plank you might you might find that you're really pushing up with that waist on one side and then it's sagging a little bit on the other making sure those shoulders are engaged obviously as you're doing it um but yeah I think mirrors are quite useful well, do, and just do it like don't sometimes less is more right you don't need to do like 20 planks or hold it for a minute do it mindfully that like I, I always say it's better to do a couple of minutes of mindful exercises so maybe holding a plank for like literally 10 seconds but really feeling every muscle like pulling that shoulder down pulling the belly button in engaging the pelvic floor muscles being aware of what your legs are doing and then doing that rather than pushing yourself through hours of training and actually kind of not really in it your mind's gone somewhere else then they're my sort of tips do everything mindfully uh sometimes less is more do you get bonus points if you can kegel during these exercises yeah also very important using the uh pelvic floor muscles to support the torso and quite yeah, the whole pelvic bowl is obviously connected <laughs> should never be ignored <laughs> It's an important part of the body. I just zip up. That helps the whole core. Like, yeah, don't just think about pulling your belly button and zip the whole lot in. Corset muscles. I I had this coworker one time. This was years ago uh, when I, I worked at a bank and he thought that Kegels were calf raises. And so there he was talking with a client about fitness and he was like, oh yeah, you know, Kegels are super important for your health. And he goes, in fact, I'm doing them right now. And he lifts himself up and down. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Once he was educated on what he actually just said, he was mortified. <laughs> <laughs> but anyone can do Kegels because it's about the pelvic floor, right? Yeah. 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 And needs to do them just as much as women. I mean, when people, women have had babies and they've been stretched, a little bit more difficult, a little bit more important. But the same thing happens as like men age, you find they need to go to the toilet more often. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone not watching, Andrea's doing a very funny hand movement. 
Yeah, everyone needs to do their Kegels. It's very important. Train your obliques and train your pelvic floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we got out of that. Well, thank you, Kat. So much great advice. I really appreciate your, you know, expertise and your knowledge. You've really taken the time to understand, you know, functional anatomy and dynamic movement. And so one last question for you, and I think I asked you this earlier, how phallic does this microphone look? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit weird. Um, it's dodgy. <laughs> I've seen, I think I've seen worse, but it's borderline, you know. <laughs> it, for people that are listening, it's just uh, on the video, it's coming out of the side of the video, just looking like it's trying to like tap me on the side of the cheek. It's, I feel that it is going to provide a better audio experience for everyone as I, as I learn to navigate the world of podcasts, but you know, my mind is constantly in the gutter and to me, it just, it looks very phallic, but I find that most mics for podcasts look pretty phallic. So <laughs> I personally haven't done the research, but I can agree with what you're saying. Yes. Uh, research, i.e. watching lots of YouTube videos and going on Google, I can tell you like to quote the magic school bus, according to my research, microphones for podcasts tend to look phallic. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. You're thank welcome. you so much, Kat. I know you have to run and pick up. Is it, were you exaggerating 10 kids? No, I actually do need to pick up 10 children, but oh, I might have crap. it. <laughs> that, that sounds like an experience for was, you to have and for me to be grateful that I don't. And I got one. Oh it's my okay. God. I'm a party military style we're going to walk down the road military style good that sounds like a good plan and you're and you're wearing black and you got your your protective crystal around your neck so nothing bad's going to happen to you i also might pick up a high-vis jacket too that's a good idea something like super reflective top lady <laughs> well good luck <laughs> i'll be rooting for you and i'm sure we will talk again soon once i get really wound up about something else about pole and how we can better train our our bodies to be efficient and not kill ourselves hours and hours of training and still not get the moves we want oh i know i know so uh, other things just like skin conditioning as well this is just a terrible experience <laughs> right the skin conditioning takes a while, but training the muscles, I, I think there, there are efficient ways to do it. And you're the person to talk to about it. Um, and if anyone wants to find out more about what you do, they can find you on Instagram at Pilates Studio. Got it. Pilates dot, Studio. The dot in between. Pilates.studio on Instagram. Awesome. <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to come out with your certification. You know, I'm going to be first in line. Yes, you can be. It's starting. It's being written. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm looking forward to it. I just need to get the ten kids to the party, and I can come and write it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like you know, you're trying to like do all the things mom life. You've got to get ten kids to a party, and then oh, by the way, everyone is waiting for you to come out with your certification. So you better <laughs> also write a methodology that's going to revolutionize the pole industry as we know it. Great. No pressure. Just get on that. Okay. Don't sleep. ASAP as well, please. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Kat, I love you so much. I will talk to you again soon. Mwah. Okay. Bye. Mwah. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed our chat about the obliques. If you uh, have any questions, feel free to slide into my DMs on the gram. 
uh, at California underscore Andrea. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to give us a big thumbs up, like, subscribe, five stars, depending on what modality you happen to be tuning in on today. And until next time, my friends, keep on dancing. And remember, there's enough spotlight for all of us to shine. 